This is our second session now on Ephesians 6, 1-4. We'll focus on fathers here. We already did this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So, Father in heaven, in calling you Father, is so hugely significant for us fathers that we have a Father in heaven. Grant, Father, that we would learn to be fathers. Oh, cause us to feel the weight and the glory, the beauty, the burden of this calling and to do it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why, fathers? and not fathers and mothers, because clearly, here it says parents, and that includes mother, and if they're to obey mom, then mom has clearly given some instructions or agrees with the father's instructions and is in on the upbringing, the discipline, the instruction. So the reason fathers are here isn't because mothers aren't involved, oh my, <laughs> but because, well, I say, oh my, maybe I shouldn't be so presumptuous. Proverbs 1.8, hear my son, your father's instruction, forsake not your mother's teaching. Or 6.20, my son, keep your father's commandment, forsake not your mother's teaching. So I say, mothers big time are involved in this teaching, this instruction, this discipline, this upbringing. However, he chose to put fathers here, not mothers and not parents. That's not an accident. And I, my argument is there is a, a primary, not sole, but primary, responsibility. He's the head. We saw that in numerous ways in the pre preceding paragraphs. He's the head. When God knocks on the door, if there's a problem with the discipline, he's going to say, is the man of the house home? Even if the woman is primarily the problem in this case. Whether the woman or the man is the problem, he bears unique responsibility. That's why he's mentioned here. Responsibility for discipline, responsibility for teaching, responsibility for getting a vision from God about how the discipline should be done and how the what the, what the instruction should contain. Fathers should not be couch potatoes waiting on their wives to figure out how to discipline kids and figure out how to instruct kids and figure out what the Lord's vision for this family is. That's our job along with our wives. We bear a unique responsibility under God. That's why fathers is here, not just parents. Bring up, I'll come back to this, bring them up. That's the ektrefa word from 529, where it said to husbands to nourish and cherish 
their wives. That nourish word is this same word right here. And so it has the idea of making sure they have everything they need. But isn't it interesting that here the focus does not fall on shoes and clothing and housing. It falls on instruction and discipline. That's the main focus here because that's supremely important, more important than food. Being instructed in the truth is more important than eating because eternal things are at stake, not just temporal. So fathers are responsible to provide for the basic needs for sure, but they are responsible for discipline. That's what's that? What is paideia? Discipline. Here's the clearest illustration. Watch all these disciplinary words from Hebrews 12. Modeling on the discipline of the Lord. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, idea, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines, by doing, the one whom he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. We have had earthly fathers and they disciplined us as we, uh, and we respected them for they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But he, God, disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful. But later it yields, it discipline yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who've been trained by it. That's a lot of instruction about what it means to have discipline of the Lord. So, fathers, let's go to school on Hebrews 12. It involves firm, loving, holiness, pursuing firmness with disobedience. What's the instruction of the Lord, this nuthesia word here? Here's the use of that word in Titus. As for a person who stirs up division after a first and a second, and there's the word, nuthesian, warning. Now, of course, it could be translated instruction, but the words first and second here do seem to indicate that the word has the special nuance of instruction that consists in Warnings, directions with consequences have nothing more to do with them. And here's another use of the word. In fact, these are the only other two uses. 1 Corinthians 6.11. Now these things happen to them as an example to the Israelites in the Old Testament when they were disciplined by the Lord, judged. They were written down for our instruction, easily translated our warning in the context, on whom the end of the ages has come. So I would say that this word is properly translated instruction, but it has an angle on it, namely instruction that comes with imperatives and warnings. So fathers are instructing their children and, and giving them all the necessary truth they need to live a God-centered 
life. And I should underline the fact that this discipline and this instruction are of the Lord. They're coming from the Lord. We want to model our fatherhood and our instruction on the Lord's fatherhood. So to do that, let's do this. Let's go to Psalm 103. As a father shows compassion on his children, so the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Now that is so crucial for realizing what this probably means. Don't provoke your children to anger. Know, know their frame. Know their limits. Know their delights. Know that they are dust. Have compassion on your children. Don't provoke them to anger. Now, they may get angry for a moment because of this discipline, but if your discipline is the Lord's kind, patient kind, firm but tender kind, a right mingling kind, with much desire for your children's joy, they won't hold that against you. Another parallel for fathers, Matthew 6, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Is it your father? Your father feeds them? Are you not of much more value than they to your father? Fathers value your children. May they sense that you're providing for them is because you cherish them. Don't be anxious saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your father knows what you need. In other words, a good father puts his children so at peace because they know they're going to have what they need. He does everything he can. He breaks his back to make these children have a secure, safe, happy, place to live, that their needs are met, and they're not provoked to anger. And Colossians adds this, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke, and that word is different. That means don't embitter your children, lest they become discouraged. So discouragement here replaces or unpacks and not angry. So you got two goals, fathers, not discouragement or disheartening and not angry. What would be the opposite of anger and discouragement and disheartening? And of course, the answer is joy, happiness. The aim is not just blank absence of anger, blank absence of discouragement, blank absence of disheartening. The aim is joy. We, God wants happy obedient, trusting children, right? So, let's sum it up like this. I tried to put them in a list for you of all the things that I think I've pointed to in walking through that text. Summary of fathers toward children. Be trustworthy to meet their needs. That's implied in bring them up and nourish them. It's implied in Matthew 6. Second, Get a spiritual and moral vision for the family. Don't wait around for others to find that for you. You go digging in the Bible and find out what you want these children to, to, do, to, to do and what you want them to know and what kind of children you want, and let it be a vision of the Lord. Three, be suitably firm in disciplining obedience. Hebrews 12, Paideia, 
Give them solid instruction for God-centered living, Nuthesia. Know their frame, their limits, their delights. Always aim at holiness. Always aim at joy, which is the opposite of anger and discouragement. Summary, God, whose vision we want for our family, wants and aims at trusting, obedient, happy children. That's what we should aim at, fathers.